0: Oh yes, hello wonderful people. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is John Sweeney, investigative journalist and a writer. If you've been watching the news this week, you will have seen that the leader of the Russian opposition, Alexei Navalny, was arrested as he got back into Russia, having been in Germany recovering from nerve agent poisoning after an assassination attempt. There is a fascinating and incredibly dangerous poker game going on in Russia at the moment, the establishment versus the newcomer, and John Sweeney is an expert on the situation, so I got him on to explain exactly what's happening. So today, expect to learn why Navalny is galvanizing such support, how he survived poisoning with Novichok, how he convinced one of his own assassins to admit to trying to kill him, and why he once nearly became a pirate. This is... Just, I I couldn't believe how ignorant I was to so much that's been going on in Russia. It's going to be terrifying and fascinating to watch what happens over the next few years. But yeah, this episode tells you everything you need to know. I really hope that you enjoy it. But for now, it's time to learn about Russia with John Sweeney. John Sweeney welcome to the show
1: pleasure Chris great to um it's great to have a matter
0: (laughs) I feel like today is going to be Alexei Navalny is a guy who's been poisoned imprisoned multiple times had acid and green paint thrown on him called Vladimir Putin a poison toad and flown drones over his mansion on YouTube and somehow not died this reads sounds like a spy novel
1: it's actually, um, I'm thinking of um, um, a poem um, by Lomontov, a hero of our time. Actually, it's a novel. Um, I do, w- whenever I get into this, I want to drink vodka and annoyingly uh, I'm on gin, but he is a hero of our time, Alexei Navalny. You know, I've met him twice and I, the first time I properly engaged with him was in 2016. And this guy is challenging the Kremlin in a way which is extraordinarily brave chris and 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 people who say you know what's he doing you know he 's been poisoned. Why on earth is he going back to russia people who who ask who say that haven 't been paying attention in very simple terms I met um I've been going to Russia since 92. I did Russian at O-level at school. I scraped through it. I don't speak Russian, but I love it. I love the culture. And when I used to work for the BBC, I would go there every two years, do something that would annoy the Kremlin. They would follow us around. And then I'd leave. And the last time I did a film called Taking On Putin. And I I met Navalny for that twice. And he really is a hero. But... um, But here's the background is that I met three Russians who were all critical of Putin at a time when the West was still trying to rub along with Putin. One of them um, was Anna Politevskaya, the second Natasha Estomarova. Um, They were both great journalists and the third was Boris Nemtsov. He was a journalist and a politician. Shot, shot, shot. (laughs) So these three people. Who had the balls to stand up to Putin and to be critical of them were all shot dead. And Navalny knows this. He he knows the history. And basically, he's been challenging Putin's, you know, the poison toads lock on power, lock on the Kremlin for the past decade. And he knows that if you do that, you may well die. Um, The,
0: the, The backlog doesn't look very good for him, does it?
1: No. Um, but he's doing it because I think it's perfectly possible for him to live a life in exile in Germany or the States or here, and then for one day a cement mixer to sort of cross over the road and knock him out. Um, (laughs) That that isn't... So what he's doing is... I mean, I think, you know, why the timing? I thought the timing was absolutely amazing because what he's done is he's got himself locked up on the day that, um, that Donald Trump, who was far too uncritical of Vladimir Putin has gone, and Joe Biden is is now in place. And, and then the moment he's locked up, up pops the video, and the video is about Vladimir Putin's fancy new palace. It's a billion-pound house, and it's disgusting. <laughs> it, you know, the detail I tweeted was that there is a... There's some kind of hooker bar, hooker H-double-O-K-A-H, but also E-R. Um, you would imagine, and I say that with a um, with a fair bit of evidence because there's a strippers pole in it. Now, it's the other thing is if you go to Russia. So I did a film, whenever it was, two thousand and five, six for the BBC about about vodka poisonings. What happened was that Putin hiked up the price of vodka and um, threefold, putting it out of out of reach of a lot of ordinary Russians who were very, very poor. And the mafia moved in and started flogging um, hand sanitizer, alcohol-based, and basically um, you have to put in a, a colorant. Nobody cares. People with alcohol problems didn't care. And this caused... An epidemic of liver disease and people turned yellow, and I went into the hospitals and the sticks. And God, it was bleak. So, what you've got to realize is that Russia is far crueler and far more unfair, and wealth is divided far more unequally than anywhere in, in Western Europe or the states, unfair as the states is. So, that the idea that, you know, there are. Um, There are ordinary people really suffer in Russia, but the idea that the, what Navalny calls the czar of corruption has built himself a new mansion, a new palace is disgraceful. So it's a fascinating and incredibly dangerous poker game between Vladimir Putin and Alexei Navalny. And... You know, the poison toad in the Kremlin. He's got the killing machine, machinery, the FSB, which is the new name for the KGB. He's got his lock on this monstrous corruption engine, the Russian economy, and he's got the oligarchs. And Navalny's in prison. Uh, He's in Roman prison at the moment, facing trial. He can get locked up again. So the odds are really really against him however putin has been in power for 20 years and good russians i mean there are there's a new generation of russians who've only known putin in power who are now 20 who've got the vo- vote who've got energy they've got belief and at some point the po- poison toad is going um, is going to run out of um of supporters, of money, of people willing to do the killing. So it's a, the bet's very much, you know, it's not a, the odds are against it, but my money isn't on the poison toad. My money's on Navalny.
0: How would you define Navalny's political approach, his stance, and why is he important? Why is he popular?
1: He's enormously charismatic. I mean, um, you're a bit charismatic. I can shout, he'd knock us dead. Uh, He's got kind of intense blue eyes. The only person, actually, there are three, there are two other people I'm thinking about who I've met in my time. One of them is the Dalai Lama, the god king of Tibet, who, by the way, has got a fantastic laugh, like um, Sid James, When Barbara Windsor used to pop her bra and so that's the Dalai Lama. But he he's got a real commanding presence in a beautiful way. The other person is Bill Clinton. When he walks into a room, Bill Clinton can command a room. The third person is Alexei Navalny. So he's got a real commanding presence. He's also he's got a wit, um, if you watch the video, which is – uh, how many people have seen it now?
0: 26 million people have watched the YouTube video he put up last night. So we're recording this on Wednesday the 20th of January. Last night on the, the 19th, he puts this two-hour-long video up. So it's not like something that feeds the algorithm to go viral. It's not just a short little clip. It's a full-blown documentary. And um, you're totally right. Like the level of the level of charisma that he's got, I, I can't work. I almost want to chalk it up to the translations, the captions, because I'm like, you can't speak this precisely with this much wit just on command. It must be the the closed captions making him
1: look cool. He's so he's got charm. He's got fire. He's got wit, and it's for real. Um, um, I mean, 20 I've done a podcast called Hunting Gillem, which I've just heard it's, it's now hit 2 million um, downloads.
0: Link in show notes below. Go and listen to it. It was awesome.
1: Blah, blah, blah. This bastard, uh, Alexei, has got 13 times as many hits as that. In I've got 2 million. And, and my stuff in a day, fuck off. Sorry, can we swear? No, <laughs> oh, fire, fire away,
0: <laughs> mate. Yeah, you're on the gin.
1: But he um, really funny, really intense and, and sticking it, sticking it to the Russian, the then Russian Prosecutor General uh, Chaika saying all concerned deny any wrongdoing, but pointing out the evidence that the um, the Prosecutor General and his family had benefited um, from uh, corruption and the, the victim of the corruption who complained ended up dead. So Navalny's been doing this, you know, to my personal knowledge, um, uh, from 2016, but actually he's been doing it before that. And, and, and there's almost something monkish in the sense of there's a religious fervor that he's bringing this war against corruption.
0: So Navalny is a dissenter. He appears to not really care about the powers that be, and he's just happy to continue on his path. I like how you said that he seems almost monkish. He's got this kind of religious fervour behind him that's compelling him. But really, all that is is just values and integrity in a place where there isn't much.
1: Uh, many of your listeners might, might start falling off their chairs, but I'm going to say it. He's a lawyer, and he believes the truth of the law. Um, and he, he kind of reminds me of Sir Thomas More in the bit in Man for All Seasons. I love Robert Bolt who wrote that. He was just a fantastic um, um, writer. And there's a bit in, um, in um, Thomas More, uh, Man for All Seasons, where Richard Rich says, oh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, screw the law, doesn't matter. And, and Thomas More says, no, you're wrong, because the law is the law of England, or England is planted thick with laws, and they're there to protect us. And if we knock them down, the devil can come for us. That's what the law's for. And so, what Navalny does very cleverly, both in his videos and in his defenses, he says, no, that's, that's unlawful. And he uses the information uh, that's available uh, to him to to nail Putin's illegality again and again and again. And anybody who knows Russia knows how crooked the regime is and how crooked the Russian state is. The Soviet Union was crooked, too, but it had some sense of equality. I'm a little bit Soviet nostalgic in relation to the to the late to the late seventies because there was so much hope then I, I wasn't old enough to properly understand this but i've heard this from from um, older russians but they had some hope that what replaced um, the nonsense the great big lie of soviet communism would be better and it's turned out that yes um, economic life has been better but actually in reality a political life is is somehow darker because there's no hope and it's more joyless i make a distinction i've i've written a novel called um the useful idiot which is about Stalin's time about fake news in 1933 boom boom and that's that time was really dark and Stalin looked good because Hitler was so bad, but Stalin was bad too. And, 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 and what's happened is that Putin Putin is more of an heir to Stalin than people think. It, not for nothing, the other day when he was arrested in the police station, and there's a trial taking place in the police station, on the wall was a picture of this man, Beria, Lavrentia Beria, Beria was Stalin's secret policeman. He was a mass murderer. He killed, uh, occasioned the death of millions of people who who died in the gulag. Um, So there's a continuity of of darkness, of of evil empowered, which which certainly Gorbachev and Yeltsin broke. Both of those men were good men wrestling with all the contradictions of Russian power. Um, Gorbachev ineffectually Yeltsin good to begin with and then he drank himself into 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 being a a useful gibber, gibberish wasn't good enough and the problem is there's this awful dark moment of succession when nobody quite knows who's going to take over from Yeltsin and then this the poison toad Putin appears so and is Navalny
0: sorry. is Navalny juxtaposing his Extreme integrity and extreme virtue, at least publicly, to create a contrast with Putin is that part of his appeal? Do you think
1: he always does it with a joke? So the downside to Navalny and some of my Russian friends are worried about him if he does get power, is that around about two thousand seven, eight, nine, he he dallied. With the Russian right, the nationalist right. Now, Russia is, for a whole series of reasons, it is, it a centre of its politics almost like ten or twenty degrees to the right than they was, are in the. I Russia. was
0: going to say the extreme right in Russia must be really, really right.
1: No, they're Nazis, right. and 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 he wasn't one of them, but he was. He said he used language. Um, in code, but the code wasn't very wasn't very good. Which was um, talking about effectively um, the purity of Russianness, uh, about Russian roots, and, um, and and this was politics of the other, and the other here being the mainly Muslim people from the south, um, people like the Chechens. Um, who, who weren't, um, who, who many Russians don't see as Russians. What happened was, Navalny got locked up, and going to prison was the making of him because it, it, he started um, doing well. He became too well. He was too. He was on telly, and people could see his charisma. And they switched off the telly, and they locked him up for a short while. But while he was locked up in prison, he he really got to know the liberal opposition and he listened to their arguments and beliefs. And when he left prison, he, he had absorbed the arguments and beliefs of the liberal opposition and allied himself with them again and again and again. And since then, he has um, dropped the nationalist rhetoric. And uh, you haven't heard that kind of language for, from him for a decade so i think he's through that point um and um, and that's uh, in the past since then he's done two particular things and that he's i uh, i forget the details of it but he he's his family is mixed up russian and ukrainian as many many russians and ukrainians are and he learnt um to speak ukrainian he's got obviously had uh, or has ukrainian grand um grandpa and grandma, and loved them, opposed Putin's war against Ukraine. Now that's big potatoes, because the Russian right doesn't like that. And then the other thing is he has, he's the only um, uh, serious figure in Russian politics who stands up for same-sex relationships, same-sex marriages. And then that's super non right so the idea, which the Kremlin put out, that he's a racist, I don't think that's, that's true um, and hasn't been true for a decade. may not have been true back then, but I'm uneasy about the language he used back then. He doesn't use it anymore. What, is what, some he's of, done-
0: what are some of the wars that he's got into over the last decade? Because there's been his brothers in jail, in solitary confinement, and then he was getting locked up himself every 5 days because he didn't have a permit to campaign and summit with green paint and then em- embezzling and all sorts take us through some of those stories
1: so um the... by the way i'm a bit wired because donald trump has um has left and joe biden ha- has come and so you're hitting me with asking me details so i'm apologizing uh, to your listeners in that i can be better than this but I'm too excited about what's happening in America. I'm also excited because of this queasy relationship between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. That's over, folks. And Navalny knows it. That's why the timing. So um, in a rough and ready way, what happens is that um, that Putin has been uh, ineffective, the boss of Russia for two decades. And that's against the Constitution because borrowing from the American Constitution... You can only do two terms. I think four years, four years, which got you to 2008. At that point, it's Arif Mr. Putin, you're out. What he does is, he does a switch with this guy called um, um, I'm going to what's his name? Dimitri, I've um, I've got the wrong name stuck in my head, but he's the he becomes the president, and Putin is the prime minister. The reality is, all the power sticks with Putin. Um, there's um, a wonderful um, friend of mine who's written a great um, book, uh, Stalin and His Hangman. Um, and I've forgotten his name too, but never mind. I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me. Memory pops up in a wonderful way. And he described um, the president. It's Dmitry. Damn, I keep on wanting to say Lebedev, but it's not Lebedev. Dmitry, it means the bear in Russian. Dmitry, the president, described by my friend, uh, um, Donald Rayfield, Professor Donald Rayfield, author of Stalinist Hangman, as Al Capone's lawyer. So Al Capone's lawyer is the president of Russia for four years until 2012. And then in 2012, guess what? The constitution is rewritten and Vladimir Putin pops back up again, this time running for president. He wins. But the whole thing is a joke. It's a lie. It's an undermining of the, the true spirit of democracy. And Navalny, coming as he is from the right of politics, allies with the liberals. And they start a big series of demonstrations, a big in the two great cities. St. Petersburg and Moscow, but there are shadow uh, demos across the country. Remember, it's huge nine time zones. And it's a big threat to Putin's power. Eventually, what happens is the demonstrations die out. Um, People, they can see that power isn't shifting. Putin's there to stay. And also, um, once the um the big noise on the streets is quietens, then the regime starts locking people up. And one of the people they lock up is of course Navalny, who gets locked up inside with and, and he gets to know people like Boris Nemtsov. Nemtsov is fantastically funny and um would have been a wonderful president of Russia. I interviewed him for the Russian uh Olympic Winter Olympics and the Putin's cronies had built a road between Sochi, which is on the coast, and the ski resort up in the mountains. And it cost $5 billion, which was more than the, um, the Mars lander NASA put on Mars. And it was so expensive. valley said to me, it would have been cheaper to pave the road with Louis Vuitton handbags. Um, he was from Sochi, he was born in Sochi. Nemtsov um, which is kind of like Russian Brighton uh, and um, lots of gay bars so there's an issue in that will gay Olympians when they come to compete will they get persecuted because um, the law in Russia is fabulously and it is disgracefully um, anti-gay and I interviewed the Putinist mayor of Sochi who says it's not a problem in Sochi because there are no gays in Sochi. And I put this to Nemtsov and said, what? I'm not sure what? that's a solution. <laughs> there are no gays in Sochi? Then why are there so many gay bars? And actually it's a point I made to the the mayor of Sochi because, oh, well, that's funny because I went to a gay bar last night, kind of deliberately. Anyway, um, that was the kind of lovely humour that, that Nemtsov had. And then he shot dead a hundred meters from the Kremlin. Uh, and, um, and of course, he's a big friend of Navalny. Navalny knows this. Navalny knows to challenge Putin, you may die, but you know, he carries on. Then the, uh, the Kremlin bring a case of embezzlement that he's got a corrupt business with his brother what happens is his brother is put inside the slammer and he's held in horrible solitary confinement. And I've interviewed prisoners who've been tortured um, cruelly in all sorts of awful places, Algeria, uh, Syria, the dark bits of Africa, all sorts of ghastly places, Iraq. The worst thing is solitary confinement where you don't talk to anybody. And they kept Alexei's brother in solitary confinement. He's still there now, out. right? No, he's out. He's out. He's out. He so, 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 part of the game. He's out. Uh, part of the game with Putin is that Putin affects to be a democrat um, who follows the law, but in reality, the system is rigged. Uh, it's a joke democracy. It's a veiled tyranny, a tyranny with gloves on. The gloves are fine. They're made of the, the best goat's leather, but nevertheless, it's a tyranny. And in particular, Angela Merkel, the West more feebly, but Angela Merkel, who was brought up in East Germany, who spoke Russian as you had to as a little girl. She speaks good Russian. And She pushes Putin on stuff. And every now and then Putin um, sort of backs down when Angela gets on the phone and says, what are you doing about this? So anyway, he got done for embezzlement. I think part of the aspect of that trial ended up him going to Strasbourg, winning his case. That's where I uh, met him in 2018. So this is a constant background hum to this. Um, Now, the other thing that happened was that he was, uh, you know, he's let out and he pushes and he, he set up this wonderful, clever thing, which is basically the policy of the opposition is to unite in opposition to Putin's party, which he calls the Party of Thieves and Crooks. And he, he, His Russian is really, it's really beautifully and powerfully expressed. And, and if people can remember um, the plays of Dennis Potter, where um, one of the characters uh, speaks so beautifully, that's kind of the force. You can hear the force of Navalny's rhetoric. He talks so beautifully and so powerfully. Um, and what you've got then is Navalny never stops and he's a bit like a a, new, a Duracell bunny. Um, and And there is, I mean, there is this kind of monkish, belief in him, but said against that, there is a sense of humour. So for example, Putin has made a policy never to refer to um, Navalny by name. calls it's him the, bl-
0: the blogger, the vlogger, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, the, the blogger. And um, so I, I said to him, well, when I finally caught up with Navalny properly and interviewed him in Moscow in 2018. I called him, um, so you know Putin never calls you by name. Ah, you mean Lord Voldemort never calls me by my name. I like, I just sort went of bang in there. So, I mean, but it's funny. I mean, like, I would, you know, um, we can't because of lockdown. But if the three of us were in a pub, Navalny would be fascinating. His English is is good. It's way. I'll tell you than my, my favorite.
0: The the favorite thing that I found from him. So he is doing a march somewhere or doing one of his parades, one of his speeches, and someone comes up to him and throws green paint in his face, right? This happens twice. First time it happens, it's green paint, and the second time, I think it's green paint with acid in it. And he's sat there, and the doctor's saying to him, Mr Navalny, you may need to accept that you might not get eyesight back in this eye. And he's recalling this tale in English to someone in this interview I watched today, he says, so he'd t- he tell me I may not get my eye back. So what I think is, is not so bad. Maybe I become like a pirate, you know, I can wear a patch. And I just thought, fuck me. The same as before this flight that he's just been arrested getting off the other day. Someone says to him, uh, Miss Navalny, like, are you not worried about being arrested? And he says, me? Arrested? No. And you're like, okay, like this guy, <laughs> this guy really understands humor.
1: Yes, he, he, he's, um, so I a worry for my Russian friends because of this dalliance with the far right a decade ago, is he ends up in some kind, of, some kind of new Putin figure. I don't think so because of something I'm, I've observed. I, uh, as people may know, I fell out with the Church of Scientology when I did a panorama with them, and I got interested and fascinated by cults. There is a cult of personality in Putin. And there's a wonderful um, professor, Robert Lifton, a great American military psychiatrist who first of all treated American GIs who'd been brainwashed by the Chinese communists during the Korean War when they'd been caught in North Korea. These are American GIs who became prisoners of the Chinese communists, and they brainwashed them. And it's the origin. He wrote a book which became the origin of um, The Manchurian Candidate. The novel was based... On this guy's research and he said the enemy of the authoritarian mind of the cult is tolerance of mockery and a sense of humor and and so I treasure Navalny's humor because it's proof to me that he has got inside his head somebody who's taking the piss out of him and he plays with that and it's also his shield as well and so I that's why I think he won't become if he gets power uh, he won't become another putin prove me wrong but i think he's a sense of humor a sense of of the ridiculous saves you from believe from doing what i think trumps ended up doing you can't you can't believe you're on bullshit can you yes i mean but, and if you do i mean it's a problem because in power there are a lot of people out to afflict you all the time. So you have to have some belief, but to have inside your, your sense of mission, which he's got, no question, something that's, that's mocking and funny and aware of irony, then that's, that's, that's a fantastic and beautiful safety valve, and he's got that in spades.
0: So we roll the clock forward. He's doing these marches. He's getting a lot of young people to go along with him, and then he was poisoned mm. last summer and survived and then gets one of the assassins to admit to the poisoning on the (laughs) telephone and then posts it to his youtube channel
1: what's going on so what happens is um so the way russia works is none of this could happen without putin who's responsible and i'm I'm going to take you a little bit back um to because we talked about the blinding in the eye because I met the group that did that for this film I did um, called uh, Taking on Putin. And I met these people and they went along. And after themselves, who I knew and admired very much was shot. A local people who lived in his apartment block put up a, a, sh- a shrine to him, a little, a little um, uh, plaque and there's a reef over it. And they came along and took the reef down, threw it away, put it in the bin because he actually lived in the next building along, but the owner of the next building along wouldn't allow the plaques. So it was the nearest thing the locals could find. And these are, anyway, what happens next is that, um, that we are detained and sent to the Moscow um, police station. We're inside the Moscow police station when the Kremlin media said that I had desecrated Nemtsov Shrine. Um, our cameras and our tape can prove what happened. Um, so this gives you a, and lo and behold, stories um, about us appeared in the Moscow media. And then my passport, my cameraman's passport, appeared on Russian social media. And and we obviously given our passport to the police. Hello, how did that happen? It gives you a flavor of that. So what we heard was that the, uh, and the, um, there's a wonderful uh, couple, uh, Andrei um, Soldatov and his Mrs. Irina, and they, they've written a fantastic book called The Compatriots, blah, blah, blah. But he told me that the work here is done by an organization called Center E, which is the counterterrorism police. But the group that um, one of the members of the group threw the green dye with something like acid. It was the thing that, that, that scarred his eye. We don't know what it was exactly but whatever that was was effectively controlled by Group E by the counter-terrorism police and they're the same people so what happened to me was after we got detained my passport was um, taken by these police officers and go and bang up it goes on social media and and uh, I had to cancel the passport because of that. You get some flavor. What's happening here is that Putin's goons are using administrative law to deny that natural justice again and again and again. And the Navalny, being a lawyer, is fighting them all the time, all the time, all the time. The poor man is blind, you know, half-blinded. He's going to lose his sight, and he makes a joke of it. So there's something about his courage which is exceptional, really exceptional so last summer he f- he's on a plane he's in um what he's doing is he's going to the sticks the way it works is that most people in moscow and st petersburg if there was a free and fair election would vote against putin they would vote for navalny the problem is in the sticks um um you get people who can who don't get the internet properly who just watch state tv who believe the nonsense that it's Putin or the devil. So he's going to the Styx on a regular basis. He was in Tomsk or Omsk, I forget where, um, and he's doing a thing. And what happens is the goons get into his hotel room and they put Novichok, which is the poison that was used in Salisbury, which killed Dawn Sturgis, meant to kill um, Skripal. And almost killed a poor police officer in Salisbury, the same nerve agent. And by the way, you cannot buy this in a shop. This is something that's made in a poison factory. um, And the wonderful people at Bellingcat have have, um, dug and found pretty, pretty damning evidence of where that poison factory will be. It's a state owned poison factory and what happened in the next morning? Um, uh, Navalny put on a fresh pair of blue underpants. We know this because I'll get there. And he's flying in the plane, it's whatever it is a five hour flight, um, from Tomsk or Omsk to Moscow. And suddenly he feels violently ill, screams in pain, knocks out the pilot heads the plane down, he's gonna save the guy's and he saves the guy's life. And there's some nonsense about but the airport being closed and the pilot doesn't take it. He lands the plane. The moment the plane lands, the emergency people jab him with the stuff that you give for somebody who's got some kind of um I can give it to 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 junkies. It's kind of standard first aid, but it's good and actually work. And exactly the same effect happened in Salisbury. So Really quite quickly, the immediate people in Russia did the right thing, the pilot and the emergency people straight away. Then he's in the hospital. They keep him there for slightly too long, the point being for the Novichok to die away so they can't see it. And then he's flown to Germany. In Germany, the best um, um, doctors and scientists in Germany find the... um, Find Novichok, and then that's. I think there are, it's tested by other labs. I think one is in uh, France, one is in Switzerland, or something like that. So, three separate state level labs find Novichok poisoning. The same thing, the same incredibly rare nerve agent used in Salisbury, used against Navalny. Navalny then um, gets in bed with Bellingcat, which is this wonderful organization of British nerds. or it's led by a British nerd. Um, and it beautifully, they, they use various holes and opennesses inside the Russian system to identify everybody who was on that plane flying with Navalny to and from as he was on his travels around Siberia. And they see the same names coming up again and again and again. And then they track them back three years and they discover an assassin's crew of the same FSB. And then they find that they're FSB and they all work for the FSB. And some of them are connected to the poison factory. Then um, they find their telephone numbers and they give this information to Navalny. And Navalny goes down a list of like 20 possible people in the assassin's crew and on the last call he gets to some goon I said you know hi it's, uh, and then Navalny pretending to be a, a high up in the, um, in the security people and he said what went wrong and the guy said well boss everything went wrong and the guy talks for about an hour on tape to Navalny explaining what happened I said so we put it on his underpants and Navalny didn't know that the, because, um, and so what happened beautifully. I mean, it was it, it was like Chris. It was like following a burglar's footsteps in the snow. You know, like guilty, guilty, guilty. Now, what I what I would have done is to stop there and and just waited until Putin goes, but the knows that if he's not in russia he's not he's no longer a player he's just been sidelined he's out of the game so he sticks this out he flies back to russia he's arrested and bang he pops up the video which he's been doing while he's in recuperation in germany of putin's latest palace it's an extraordinary fuck you
0: the guy is the guy the guy is super rigorous like you can't you can't fault the level of precision that his team is Mm. going through this so he had this two-hour video done about a billion pound palace of putin's with the hookah and hookah bar in and (laughs) uh,
1: you're from the northeast hookah Hookah.
0: hookah. Uh, it's a hookah (laughs) bar and um he's using this is the thing right this is I I've only looked into it this week ahead of our episode today and the sense that I get is he's kind of like a sort of a, a 21st century jokey trickster using modern technology using drones and YouTubes against this sort of old clunking behemoth of the Russian state and they're sort of playing whack-a-mole with this the, the sort of the old tools of the old world whereas navalny made this youtube video about the new mansion by by getting drones and literally flying drones over the top of 63 hectares of land and then there's 3d cgi imagery that shows you this is where the tunnel goes this is where he can have his coffee on a morning because this is where the the um, mezzanine level is that looks out over the beach like it it really does feel like two worlds kind of colliding do you get that sense
1: Uh, Very much so, and and there's something beautiful about it too, because what this is, is it is Russia's cruel past fighting Russia's potentially brilliant future. Mm -hmm. Now, when I made the film, when I met Navalny, I met some of the people around him, and they're astonishingly brave, and as I said, the three critics I spoke about earlier, um, um, shot, 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 these are uh Nirvani supporters. One man was tasered, then stabbed. another man was uh, beaten senseless, beaten unconscious by um by thugs who never once said anything. that's special forces. When you beat somebody up, you 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 say, "Fuck you, whatever, you swear, you these people, beat him up in total silence. What he was doing, by the way, was monitoring an election with a video, What w- watching, I think, either an election or a demonstration from a video in real time from the Navalny people, and they, they sourced him because it was um, in real time. They found him videoing, and then they, they beat him senseless um, almost uh, until he was in a coma, and they never said a word. And then uh, Navalny's office manager was hit over the head with an iron bar by an assailant, and then um, he put in a um, uh, uh, quite properly. He uh, made a um, a complaint so that his um, uh, the man who attacked him would be charged, and he was accused of wasting police time. Now. I've been there in that I filmed somebody taking a reef off Nemtsov's shrine, and then I was accused by her, and I and I suffered to a limited extent. I understand what's going on. I I am very moved by Navalny's courage and by the people who will support him. So this Saturday. People will come out in the streets. He's asked them to do so. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Russia's numbers have been uh, faked, but they're bad. Um, It's freezing cold. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how many people turn up. He's inside for 15 or 30 days. Then he he will be tried because they're saying he didn't comply with the terms of his previous release. And therefore, um, um, uh, they can hit him with a long sentence. That's very likely. But the world has changed, Chris, because uh, Trump has gone. And Biden is, I think, in no mood to play Mr. Nice with a man who he believes, with evidence along with the CIA, interfered with America's democracy. Are you going to Easter. have.
0: A- at this stage, though, this is something I was thinking about increasingly as I read this story, and it reminded me of the, I can't pronounce it, Uyghur Muslims in China. Like, if Uyghur. Some, in Uyghur. Uyghur, that's For, it, sorry. Uyghur, um, yeah. If someone commits a crime against a citizen of their own mm-hmm. country, there's no one else to step in if the state doesn't do it. Like, America isn't coming to the aid of Muslims in China, and Germany isn't coming to help Navalny. Like, are you, is it realistic to expect that the American president would say, I don't like how you're running your country over there, even though it's not affecting your relation with us. Is that realistic to see that happening?
1: Well, I think the idea of a nation state can do what it damn well pleases went out with the Holocaust. That went out with the Nazis. The the virus is you know, it underlines the point we live in the same world. Um, and so the rule of law, respect for life, a fair trial is um, a right for all of us, not just people who live in the happy and relatively happy and safe and prosperous democracies. And Navalny is pushing it. Now, I, I'm um, I mean, it's another conversation for another day about what's happening to the Uyghurs. I've done a film about them when I was at the BBC um, talking to a, a, a couple of people in um, in Istanbul who've managed to get out and that story is grim. For the moment, fingers crossed, I hope he's going to be okay but Navalny's story gives me tremendous hope. It's also, it's a kind of Von Stauffenberg thing, Chris. What's that? When people people say, hey, you know, the, the Germans, they were all Nazis. No, they weren't. Von Stauffenberg tried to blow up Hitler. So he didn't succeed, but he tried. And he got killed and all of his friends were treated horribly, but they tried. There were good Germans who tried to kill Hitler.
0: What's your prediction? What do you think happens? you got 30 days, the next 30 days where he's potentially back in Russia, he's in so- jail... He had this uh, fake mock trial thing in the police station.
1: I think, I mean, all, all of that pantomime will continue and it will be cruel. Meanwhile, ordinary and extraordinary people, in particular young people, the kind of people who are watching this uh, there, will come out on the streets and they'll get beaten up and bashed and they might lose their jobs. And I think it's our duty to stand by them and to do something to help them. And now the valleys put out, is people have put out a, a thing they're saying we should have um the West should um, should act against some of the oligarchs who've ended up here or concerned in denying any, any wrongdoing but we've heard some of them Roman Abramovich, the guy who owns Chelsea Alicia Usmanov who was a part owner of Arsenal who's still still a big player in Britain um, the, uh, the uh, Navalny doesn't mention them, but I will. Um, The Lebedevs—they own the Evening Standard and the Independent. Yevgeny Lebedev has just been made a lord by uh, Boris Johnson. They're striking people because they—you know—you would appear it would appear that they're they're independent. They don't do what the Kremlin does. None of them have said a word about this—not a word. Yevgeny Lebedev, Lord Lebedev, Baron Siberia. Has not said anything about it, and he's a British lawmaker. Is he beholden to a foreign power? But essentially, our bit, what we should do, if I was in Parliament, if I was in the House of Lords, Lord Sweeney of Gin and Tonic, right now, would say this: that that we should um, we should uh, that Putin is there. He's been there for far too long. He has rigged our elections, and he's locked up the effective leader of the opposition his goons having poisoned him and his goons having poisoned Dawn Sturgis in Salisbury, let us cut convertibility between the ruble and the pound and the ruble and the dollar. That makes life much more difficult for the rich people in Russia to run their lives like they have. Because they don't want to spend their money in Siberia. They want to spend it in London and in Rome and in the south of France. But if you make that much more difficult for them, then the calculation, if you're a Russian oligarch, my life is better with Putin in charge, isn't so clear and obvious. So
0: that's the if- the the leverage that needs to be used, is to make the status quo, which is being maintained by a careful structure of money and power and enforcement, you need to make the world that potentially could be offered by Navalny, like a genuine democracy, more attractive than the current situation with all of these restrictions in.
1: Yeah. So what you say, and um, there there are sanctions on at the moment, they're not really hurting. And they're not hurting the rich people. So, you know, you you zap the, the oligarchs' wallets and their calculation, Putin is our man, may change. And that, uh, that's that's something that we could do, and we should do, and that's what I'm arguing um, here. All concern deny any wrongdoing. I mean, when I the last time I was in Russia, when I came back, uh, my neighbours said to me, they, "No, that was great, John, but we're not going to accept any of your Amazon parcels anymore." <laughs> I was going to
0: say, yeah, especially not if it's a pair of blue pants. What's it going to take? <laughs> what's it going to take for Navalny to get into power? Like, is there, there's no chance that you're going to be able ah. to, with some 18 to 24-year-olds, like, tick-tocking in the street and doing a few parades with some signs, there's no way that you're going to knock down Putin with that, is there?
1: As I said um, uh, towards the start, it's an, the, the odds uh, are against him. But, but, but my money is with the challenger, not with the poison toad. I think behind the 18 and 24-year-olds there's a whole bunch of middle-aged and old people who get it that he's been in power too long, who've seen Trump's in power, now Trump's gone. That's the benefit of American democracy. It changes. The tone will change. They will see all sorts of stuff about Biden, who's plainly a decent man. Well, why can't that happen in Russia? It can't happen in Russia because Russia never changes. I don't think that is sustainable over time. So I think Putin's in trouble. He's in trouble, number one, because oil and gas are boring and they're damaging the planet. The other day, I started listening to David Attenborough's um, a life on this planet and it was so good and yet so depressing.
0: He's pulling um, on some heartstrings at the moment man. David every single time he, got, he goes on Instagram and he's making everybody cry and he's saying I don't have long left for this world and he wants to try and I, you just think
1: I, I, well I listen to the man and my okay we don't need Russian oil and gas. We actually don't. We're not flying. Um the amount of I mean, it's lovely to see um, people on their the crazy e-scooters. I mean, I used to see cars. I don't see cars outside my, uh, my place in London. I see people on e-scooters and bikes. We don't need Russian oil and gas. So Putin's got a problem in that he's, he's, a, he's a political dinosaur sitting on a dinosaur economy, still strong, still massive, still frightening and cruel, but there are limits to it. And there are limits to the loyalty of his people, but we've got to work harder at doing that. But the odds are against Navalny. But what he is doing is the idea that Russia is a kind of boring far-right authoritarian stasis where no one is challenging the Kremlin. That's not true. Inside Russia, Inside a police station, inside a prison, right now, is the future of R- Russia, the, the the Russian soul at its best. The most interesting place to be right now is in prison with Alexei Navalny. If I was Russian, I'm kind of I can't because of lockdown. But if I could, I'd fly straight out there, get into a fight, get locked up, and and I'd, you have know have a chat what, with him what next what, door. What, yeah, what a pleasure, and say hello. I mean. It's been quite a while, but here's your first inside jail interview. And somebody would smuggle it out because remember, even the palace stuff, the the hooker room. Say it again, in your funny northeast accent, hooker, hooker. <laughs> <laughs> in the hooker room, there is somebody has given that to Navalny, so that so that the, 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 and that is the thing about Russia is that it's got. It's got proper soul. There is a proper sense of the people in, around him that this is a war they're fighting. And it's a war where truth and justice and the law is on their side. And the people in power are rigging the thing again and again and again. And what Navalny is doing is proving that in a way which is it's kind of beautiful. I want everybody who's listening to this nonsense. It's not nonsense to watch the the Navalny video because we be it is... linked.
0: It'll be linked in the show notes below. Can you just give yep. us the what's the the cliff notes on this new mansion video and why is it important? It's
1: disgusting. It's disgusting.
0: But is is that is is the is the, is the issue that he. President, uh, Lord of Russia, Vladimir Putin has no class and style. Is that the issue, or is it the issue no. that he's spent so much money? Is it where it is? What's going yeah. on?
1: It, 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 so the the, it, the primary issue is everybody is suffering because of the because of the virus, also in Russia too. Um, and for him to squander a billion pounds on this absurd palace when he's got plenty of other palaces, um, beautiful ones, um, historical ones. He doesn't need this. He doesn't need this at all. And yet he, he squandered this money and that is the fruit of his corruption. And that is a criminal waste of money. So what it shows is that is that Vladimir Putin is the Al Capone of Russia. He's the Gambino crime family, and and he has his his family have got richer and richer of Russia. He is the Ronnie and Reggie Cray of Russia, two ghastly twins in one unwholesome poison-toed body. I I, I mean, another thing I haven't talked about, but I will... um, I did a report for Panorama about MH17. This was the plane that was shot down by a Russian um, rocket launcher. uh, Lent to the pro-Russian Ukrainian rebels. And they thought it was the Ukrainian fighter jet, but they shot it down. And 298 people died. And I went out there um, um, for Panorama. And we and I did a piece of camera and the dying of the light surrounded by um, engine oil and broken engines and broken plane and the nose and other people's luggage. And the worst thing is, Chris, is um, those little um, things that kids, the little mini suitcases with little wheels that a toddler sits on or mum and dad run them along. And they were in the fields, the airplane oil burnt fields of, of the middle of nowhere in Ukraine. And whenever I go through Gatwick or Heathrow and I see one of those, a kid on one of those things and I, and I start welling up, I start to cry because it triggers that. Ten Britons died in that, a ton of Australians, lots of Dutch people, Malaysian people, 298 people, and the person ultimately responsible was that, because you cannot buy a rocket launcher in a shop Was Vladimir Putin. And he got away with that. Um, Dawn Sturgis died of Novichok in Salisbury. It feels like Putin's got away with that. And, and, you know, there's a certain point at which we've got to stand up to this man. And also we should help this beautiful, brave, slightly crazy guy called Alexei Navalny Watch his stuff, writes your MP, push it.
0: What is your opinion or what is your estimate for the next 10 years in Russia? Where do you think it's heading? I know where you want it to head, but given the, the realism and the power and the money and the state and all that stuff, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Right, so most likely, um, Navalny, there's some accident happens to him in prison. One of the other psychos kills him. There's a trial. Putin stays in power. Stays how in How power Putin if, now? He
0: can't stay in power for that much longer.
1: He he's um he's seven. He can stay in power for as long as he bloody wants. Well,
0: as long as he's alive.
1: What? Uh, yeah, um, but that's the thing. If if So that's the most likely. What I'm hoping for, what I want to happen, is that that the soul of Russia wakes from its slumber, uh, sparked by Alexei Navalny's heroism. People get out in the streets, and at the same time, uh, Joe Biden, who's seen his country defiled... By Donald Trump, but also in part by Russian interference in American democracy, does stuff. Um, I'm skeptical whether Boris Johnson would do anything. He's the man who's enno- ennobled one of Vladimir Putin's olig- oligarchs. I feel that, I, but I feel that change is in the air, and that, and as I said at the beginning, my money is on the challenger, not the poison toad. It's. I said this about my about a uh, Julian Maxwell. That story that was a dark fairy story, and this is too. But I'm. I, it is a dark story, and you've got the. You've got the charismatic guy who's gone into the lion's den. He's gone back into prison, knowing he's gone into prison. And it's kind of like um, Steve McQueen in The Great Escape. You know, he's sitting in the cooler. But boy, boy, you know, if you've got a heart and soul, whose side are you on? You've got to be on the side of the prisoner. There's one more thing. is that in, in 88, as a, a, a young reporter for The Observer, I went to South Africa when Mandela was still in prison and I got, you know, gassed by the um, South African apartheid police. Apartheid was still in power. But you could tell that they were more afraid of the prisoner, but that somehow the politics, the, the, the shape of power had been switched the prisoner was more trouble in prison and they were they were finding a way of getting him out now that the problem is that putin is different but if putin has a stroke or putin drinks the wrong cup of tea then who knows what happens so once again my money is on the challenger not the poison toad
0: anyone that can deliver 26 million youtube views in the space of 24 hours shouldn't be messed with Absolutely yeah. not. That's dangerous, it, man. I mean, it's, it's, it, I was looking at, I did a little bit of crunching on the stats on the back end. His YouTube channels had a quarter of a million subscribers added in a day. It's absolutely terrifying. And then the, when you look at the total plays across his channel, the trickle down from people finding that one video, which is probably trending across Russia and uh, Eastern Europe, uh, has trickled into everything else as well. So, I mean, if there's any aspiring YouTubers listening and you want to go and look at some ridiculous stats, just go on Social Blade and search for uh, Navalny's account because it's absolutely terrifying. But this is the most interesting time. I can't imagine what it's like to be inside of... I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be inside of Putin's head most of the time, but I certainly can't imagine what it's like now when you have this, this new weaponry rhetoric and and um, charisma that's being uh, utilized and promulgated through a channel which you don't use and you're fighting with sticks and clubs and this person's come in with like a laser sword and has decided to use that it very much does feel like David and Goliath old against new there's definitely some archetypes going on which I think is what makes it so interesting What I found fascinating, and you may have noticed this if you watch one of Navalny's videos, is that he's got some hard-coded adverts partway through, and this it's this young guy who hosts the channel and he's letting him speak, same way as we've been tonight, and he goes, but first, like a word from our sponsor, and it cuts to him talking about the sponsor, the first thing he says is 50% of people aged between 18 and 24 in Russia say that they want to leave to go and work somewhere else. And his campaign is don't leave. You don't need to leave Russia. You can work for these co- these different countries, companies from within Russia, but you need to learn English. And I learned English with this particular company. 50% of the population aged between 18 and 24 don't want to be in that country anymore. Like that, the fact that you have that in, you don't think of Russia, I know that there's jokes made about it being a dictatorship, but you don't think of Russia in the same league as North Korea, but when you think that half of the people who are probably the the most up-to-date, the most informed about what's going on, and also have sufficient time left to be able to make a choice, given the freedom without the uh, restrictions of family and debt and all the rest of it, and they don't want to be there anymore. That's pretty terrifying.
1: Yes, well, but it's a logical consequence. Um, The number doesn't surprise me. That if you um, want to, um, if you apply for a permit to do something, you have to pay somebody off again and again and again. If if you annoy somebody in power, or you know, like you've got a relationship, and then. Um, you're in love with somebody but then somebody else um, who's in power, who's a policeman or or worse an FSB officer fancies your woman, then you could get you could get locked up, you could get into trouble because of this, Th- those are real world things there so, so crazy it, it, it's a dark, dark place now North, I've been to North Korea um, and, and you know I'm telling you the truth. When I got to Beijing, I thought, thank God, I'm just in a really authority. <laughs> yeah, like, like, there were people with pink hair. I thought, thank God, I'm in a, um, only slightly fascist China, uh, as opposed to that place. Because, by the way, left and right, in places like North Korea and China and Russia, they they kind of fuse, but, but actually, um, these days, Russia is is way. more. Oh, it was under Stalin. The story of I try and tell my my thriller, The Useful Idiot, is that Stalin's Russia was close to Nazi Germany long before the uh, the Midnight Pact of thirty nine. They were doing deals. The Nazis um, and the Nazi sympathisers and the Soviet states from thirty one onwards. So and. And also remember that the Russian state has been funding the far right. It, it helped. It helped Trump get elected. It's been helping the far right in Britain and across Europe. Um, that is what the Kremlin's doing. That's where the money's doing. So in part, what we should be doing in helping Navalny, at least watching his videos and becoming incentivized to his, uh, to his heroism, is also, we're trying to defend our common democratic values, which is that's a universal thing. The other thing I'd say to you, um, everybody who's watching, when we can travel again, is go to Russia. Go to, by the way, go via Belarus, um, take a copy of a 1984 Animal Farm, leave it in a bar, um, go you know if you can if Navalny's still doing it um i hope he is go on a demo um if you um if your family's got money and uh, your dad's got access to fancy lawyers get arrested you know, you know? <laughs> sounds like
0: it sounds like it sounds like a wonderful holiday i'm actually going to uh, ukraine Lvov. Uh, yeah. and then going St. Petersburg and Moscow mm-hmm. this summer with my friend Michael Malice, who is a podcaster and a, a media personality in his own right. But he's born in, born in Lvov and is going, right. going back to his homeland for the first time ever. I'm going with him. We're going to do a full video series.
1: It's uh, fantastic. Uh, weirdly, um, because I lost my temper with the Church of Scientology and I did this panorama rubbishing Scientology. I'm a pin-up for psychiatrists the world over. And when there was a um, uh, the Royal College of Psychiatry threw an international symposium for psychiatrists. Um, I was the uh, the funny man before the drinks at the Excel Centre. And I got 5,000 psychiatrists to dance to uh, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta, who is, of course, a famous Scientologist. And I got the, the then... Head of the Royal College of Psychiatry, Sir Simon Wesley, to pretend to be John Travolta and dance, and he's a terrible. Anyway, never mind this. What happens is, as a result of that, I got an invite to give a talk at the Ukrainian College of Psychiatry in the Volf, and um, and they flew me out there, and it's a wonderful place. Formerly Austro-Hungarian, then um, um, then um, then Soviet but was always a center of resistance, to Soviet groupthink. And it's a fantastic place, but so is Russia. I mean, it is an incredible... I mean, the thing that gets my goat is that when I'm accused of being Russophobic, I love Russia. I love Russian culture, Russian books, Russian poetry. There's a wonderful phrase uh, by Lemontov, the restless he begs for storms as though in storms there is rest incredibly beautiful culture fantastic alcohol vodka freezing cold in the snow you won't get that but you can anyway it you'll you'll have the time of your life i'll ask you i'll ask
0: you you for some recommendations john you can send me some of the
1: but but chris if there is if you don't go to an abelny demonstration and don't get arrested then i'm on your case
0: okay fair enough well that looks that looks like it's gonna be Look, man, we're gonna do um we're gonna do a round two. I'm gonna get you back on to talk about one of my favourite podcasts from last year, which was your Hunting Jelaine series. If uh, anyone wants to go and learn about the Jelaine Maxwell scandal and where everything's up to now, and that's a really interesting arc as well, which we're gonna get into on the next one, but I implore everyone to go and have a listen to that. Also, useful idiot and yep.
1: The usual. I've done an audio book as well, and there's a twist. I have to do a bit of Welsh in it, okay. And my, my mispronunciation of the Welsh is—you have to listen to it to get it. You're just—you're
0: just causing bother with every different country that you can find, <laughs> aren't you? Where else should people check out your stuff? Where do you want to direct them?
1: So I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't use Facebook, but I'm on Twitter at John Sweeney Raw, Roar R O A R and i've got a website um at johnsweeney.co.uk and i'm on amazon i've written 12 books some of them are good some of them are a bit rubbish frankly but uh you, you can work that out
0: <laughs> amazing john thank you so much for today
1: pleasure